Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Michael Dow, and I'm joined tonight by Sue Timberlake. Hey there. Our long-suffering, good-natured Republican. <laughs> um, I really do apologize. I feel like I kind of was like a little over overheated last week still, so I really, uh, I value that you're here. Thank you for putting passion. up with me. <laughs> Passion is good. Uh, well, I hope so. And uh, overzealous. <laughs> our also long suffering producer, but he's just suffering because he has to put up with me all the time. <laughs> doesn't it say something that two people out of three on this show are long suffering by your own admission? You're right. I must be suffering too. That's the only possible extrapolation. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Logic. <laughs> yeah, that's what logic means. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you guys want to write in and express uh, how much you appreciate my 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 unassailable logic, we'd Don't love to that. hear from you. <laughs> Don't ever do that. He can fit his his head can barely fit into the studio. There's a reason why we're recording remotely. <laughs> It couldn't, yeah, that's it, why it, we went back to Zoom. Yeah, it's that's why we went to back to Zoom. It's not because I, as a disabled person, am worried about getting COVID, the Delta variant. No, and, it is because and, the, the studio is not big enough for Mike's ego. Well, I mean, if we knock out those walls, I, anyway, I, um, I've done the tests. I had a clipboard and a lab coat and a tape measure. Oh, well, let's yeah. not go crazy. All right. right uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, if you'd like, uh, if you'd like to go not crazy with us, uh, you can email us civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, uh, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio to find us there, or at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter. We do also have our own special, special flower of a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, and that's got recordings of this We'll have a recording of this episode of the show at some point soon and uh, previous episodes and supplementals and all kinds of good stuff. So you should newly absolutely... updated that nobody will be able to notice because it's all back end stuff. All right. I, <laughs> I, tra- I transferred our website to our new server the other night. Uh, so uh, some things might look a little updated. Oh, okay. Hey. Matrix 40 <laughs> update. Yeah. Same domain name. You can still find it in the same oh, yeah. spot. It's the yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. yep. All new, just the same. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, talking, what are we talking about? So, um, John, you mentioned, you know, coronavirus and, oh, my God, we're all going to die. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 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 kudos, I think, to President Biden for saying, all right, let's take the bull by the horns a bit. And he gave a speech earlier today, uh, which I just saw the top line summary of. So, John, can you you said there were like six major points that he he mentioned in the speech. Can you share those with us? Because it's it's pretty new to me and I <coughs> like knowing what I'm 
spouting off about. <laughs> yes. Um, the, 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 he has a six um, pronged plan with multiple points under each prong. Basically uh, the two, the six headings are vaccinating the unvaccinated, further protecting the vaccinated, keeping schools safely open, increasing testing, requiring masking, protecting our economic recovery and improving care for those with COVID-19. And the most important thing I think that, and I think the, the thing that a lot of people are going to be um, talking about is the first one, which is vaccinating the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. The speech, and you guys know how I feel about Biden. Eh. Yeah. No. Eh. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about Biden. We it's, could and have done worse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I think all three of us feel that way. I mean, Sue, I know yep. you're a Republican. He's a Democrat. You're like, eh, we, we've had worse presidents. <laughs> yeah. <It's laughs> we've had worse, you know, depending on your definition. However, yeah. the speech today, oh, man, I was into it. I'm really yeah. glad. He, yeah, he was done. He he, <laughs> he he had this. He was like, I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with you. We're doing this. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I warned and, you kids. I would pull this country over and, and stop it now. If you guys wouldn't settle down on the back seat and God uh, darn it. I meant it. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like, like, Unironically. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's what it sounded like. Like I am done. We are going to sit down and talk about this, and then we are going to have rules, my friends. You know, so and then you're all here's grounded, the deal. Here's and the I deal. want you to you sit know. quietly and think about what you did. All right. So the the vac- under vaccinating the unvaccinated, I do want to get into that. Requiring yeah, yeah. all employers with a hundred plus employees to either uh make sure that their their workers are vaccinated or they are tested weekly. He right. is using okay. OSHA to do this. Sure, that makes sense. So uh, this is like a, a federal thing, and but you know businesses need to comply with OSHA guidelines. So this that's how yep. he's doing it. So every everybody every business with over a hundred employees has to, their workers have to be vaccinated, or they need to be tested weekly to uh, to make sure that they are. Um, they are COVID free, basically requiring vaccinations for all federal workers and for uh, contractors that do business with the federal government. No testing opt out. No testing. Yep, it's mandated. There you go. Mandated vaccines for all federal workers requiring COVID-19 vaccinations for over seven for uh, healthcare workers at Medicare and Medicaid participating hospitals. Which and is other 50,000 of pretty them. much all of them, right? Yeah, pretty like yeah, pretty much fifty thousand. Yeah, Some of the these, privates. Um, yeah, these requirements the apply to approximately fifty thousand providers and cover a majority of healthcare workers across the country. So, if you work at a hospital that that does work takes, with Medicare and or Medicaid, you yeah. your your workers have to be vaccinated. Yeah, required. No testing or anything. Um, he called on large entertainment venues to require proof of vaccination or testing. He can't do anything about that, but requiring employers to provide paid time off to get vaccinated. Nice. Yes. 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 Thank you. More of that, please. Inject it into my veins, just like the vaccine. It's uh, <laughs> that is just, that is really, really great. Um, and uh, 
there are a lot of people that are unhappy with this. Their dictator Biden is trending on Twitter. It's great. Just, mm, yeah. But I'm really happy because one of the things I really, I really wanted was for at least private business. Like, I don't want people losing their jobs because they they don't get vaccinated. Um, but I do want them to be uh, tested all the time. Yep. But you know what federal workers requiring vaccines like i i am i am also done and i want and if you don't want to get vaccinated then i still believe that is your choice to make but uh i want the situation flipped i want to be able to go out and do what i want and i want anybody that is not vaccinated to stay inside yeah that's like i'm I'm done, you know, and uh, one thing with the vaccine, like with all this testing, because he's requiring testing from everybody, he is using his power to uh, direct um, manufacturers to uh, to make more rapid test um, rapid tests. And uh, he's working with different businesses, pharmacies, things like that to sell them at cost. Nice. Like even the take-home ones. Nice. Yeah, it's like a dollar a test if they really yeah. do it that way. So if Which they do that, you could, have a, mm-hmm. you could have a kiddo at home from school who doesn't feel well, and you're like, oh, I wonder what this is. If you try yeah. and make yeah. a doctor's appointment, good luck. But if you yeah. can go to CVS and pick up a dipstick and, you know, a little mm-hmm. machine, and yeah. every time it's just a buck, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the it's schools just... could do it too. Yeah, exactly. they could do a quick test. Exactly. Yeah, that'll make uh, a huge difference. Also requiring staff in Head Start programs, Department of Defense schools, and Bureau of Indian uh, Education operated schools to be vaccinated. So any schools mm-hmm. that are that are federally run, they have to be vaccinated. Um, using the Department Entrance. of Education's full legal authority to protect students, they are saying that if if uh, if you work in a school and because you require masks or, or vaccinations and the state denies you funding, then they will, they, they'll pick up the tab. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's an incentive for a state to shovel, shovel it onto the feds, but it's, yeah, so uh, no one will do yeah. that. And, I mean, and the feds are willing to pick up that slack and good. Yeah. If they, if, if the state wants to abdicate their, their responsibility for providing education for their kids, then, you know, there you go. Okay. And, Apparently. And, and in the aftermath of President Biden's speech, I got an alert from PBS. The city of Los Angeles is now requiring, at the beginning in January, uh, all students 12 years of age and older to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have 75 days to get vaccinated. Yeah. So uh, and what's the, and what's, is that the time frame? 75 days of, uh, for President Biden's uh statement to- um i think i don't know the time frame right now um i can scan through and 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 give you a, okay. a more solid answer um i some of these rules are still being developed uh through the fda and, and osha uh but these are this is the plan that he's going to try to implement so there are some parts of this that aren't going to be um implemented immediately uh but right. these the this is what's happening and oh right uh, the cdc has to um approve the kids vaccines too yes for this yes. to happen and that yeah. hasn't actually happened yet so 
Well, uh, he's he's uh he's saying that they're like over everybody's kids oh, never mind. should yeah, yeah, over 12 yeah. should get vaccinated and um but uh for schools that he's like yes, you should require masks. What what's wrong with you? But um if they if they get their funding stripped for because from the state then the, the Department of Education is going to like step in and help. Um and yeah, so um, <clears throat> well, you know it's how this looking affects- good. It's looking good. It affects uh, Walmart. I heard this piece, uh, and now that I have more time since I'm back to a part-time job, um, that uh, Walmart actually had a rule that all the white-collar workers had to have vaccines. It was mandated. Mm-hmm. But all the frontline workers were not required. So now they'll have to pay for all the frontline workers to get vaccinated. That's which right. Is great. Mm. Yeah. So that really changes the dynamic a little bit. Well, I mean, they'll have to pay, but I mean, all the, well, they'll have to give them paid time off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, the vaccines are free. They don't still, give right? health care. Yeah. They don't give health care, but they're, they're going to have to pay for people to have a vaccine trip. So yeah. they'll probably put clinics in the Walmart. Actually, is probably what they'll do. Yeah. So that you can just get it on the, while you're at work. So sure, but then if you start feeling minutes, poorly the so. day after, as you know, some people will, uh, then day off, you know. Uh, yeah. the the paid time off is to go get vaccinated. It is not for the effects of the vaccination. Hmm. FYI. Um with uh yeah, they can't yeah. require like, but there are many states in- that require paid time off just in general. So you know, Mass, like Mass people changed the law in January. So for every, if you're a temporary or casual employee, for every 30 hours you work, you get one hour of sick time in yep, this that's state. Right. So, so anybody who, you know, they, whenever they work 30 hours, they have an hour of accrued sick time and uh, they, they will get paid time off for it. So that's just mass. Mm-hmm. So just Massachusetts. Yeah. There are other states that do that as well. Um, but this is all, this is all, like I said, very, very good. Uh, this is I I like that um, the president is going full force in just saying like we need to we need to take care of this this is this is insane we've waited like he actually said we've waited long enough um and he's not so, wrong and he also <laughs> mentioned that like he he listed off some some businesses that already require vaccinations or testing and one of them was Fox News he specifically called out Fox News. Excellent. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wait, Chef's you mean right saying there. Fox News requires its employees to get? Yeah, he's already? like, this is already a thing. Like at businesses, like yeah. like uh, well, X Fox and News y is and doing Fox it. News. You can, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're yeah. oh man, so so mm, great, yeah. excellent. Uh, so yeah, um, Did that you is that- uh. Like I'm po- I'm posting the the link on on the website along with the show, so you'll be able to read that on Monday. Uh, but yeah, um, what what were you going to say, Sue? I'm sorry. Oh, so did you notice that they were very careful for all the federal employees? It was just plain mandated, but for the employers, they still gave them that testing once a week opt out. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's to prevent lawsuits. Yes, you know, I think probably. That's just to make it really enforceable. So I I don't think. And this is me guessing. I don't think the government um, can force private entities to to say like you need to get 
you, like everybody needs needs a vaccine. Uh, yeah. That makes sense to me. I don't know exactly if that's true, but so they needed um, the loophole. Yeah, they they needed to say like there need you need to do something to create a like basically. I mean, OSHA is to create a a safe work environment. So, but occupational I don't think, self and hmm? safety and health administration. So yeah, exactly. So I I don't, but I don't know if if OSHA's powers are great enough to require a vaccine. Um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting so. loophole. Yeah, and I but think employers can, and the federal uh, government is the nation's largest employer, if I'm not mistaken. It so, is. Uh, yeah, yeah, tons well, I, of people. I was, I was going to say that I think a few employers, probably this is speculation, will be glad that somebody else is saying they have to. Yeah. So then, oh yeah, not, you know, let the government be the bad guy. So let them rally against that, but you know we're Absolutely. just enforcing the law. So I think that's a that's a you know we'll see how it how it shakes out. But very interesting. So Sue, do you think this is a, a good use of government power, or is President Biden overreaching his authority? I think he's overreaching, but I think the outcome will be good. Okay. So that's you know that's Caesar, right? Doesn't it's the end is end is justifying the means, but I think the means is overreaching. But I, like I said, I think the outcome will be good, and you know it might protect this com- this country and our businesses because I think businesses are in trouble. So I think uh, there's a lot of um, softness. Well, but- and wasn't it Yellen? Uh, um, Janet Yellen. Fed. Yeah, I think she just she treasury. I think she just was, said that yeah. if they don't, that, yeah, we need to raise the debt limit again, but there's a lot of softness in the economy and, you know. Yeah. Um, 75 so I, days, by the way. I think uh, like at least the vaccinations part for federal employees, that I think they have 75 days to comply. Which is plenty of time if they, yeah, if it's available. Yeah. What do you think about us um, um, sort of doing this, but also the boosters? I think we talked about this last time, but the you know using boosters when the rest of the world is waiting for vaccines. I don't like it. You don't like it? No, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I I I continue to be as as I said last week. Uh, the step one is to vaccinate as many humans on this planet as possible. Um, you know, including the hundred million that's not vaccinated in this country. Yeah, uh, including well, it's them, eighty but, million. But, yeah, but, well, however many millions of it is. And, and the millions of people in other countries who would love to get vaccinated but can't, we should absolutely be just sending them the vaccine so they can get them. Uh, like, there are certain people who are probably, you know, who are at greater risk. And, you know, like, if there's enough vaccine supply, I have no problem with, you know, people who it's it seems really wise to give them a booster shot. I'm fine with that. And like I said, also, you know, like, I'd be perfectly happy to get a booster shot, but I don't want to take one away from somebody who like needs it. But, you know, like I understand like there have been, you know, tens of millions of doses that have wound up being thrown away unused. So, you know, if there's one that's going to otherwise going to go in the bin, I'll be happy to, to, to get a booster, but you know, don't, don't make any changes to plans on my account. I'd, I'd much rather protect everybody. Uh, need than than me and protecting everybody is a better way to protect me frankly we need to make sure that everybody that uh is immunocompromised 
who can get a booster gets a booster. That's, yep. that's one thing that I'm behind, but it, we, 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 as a country, uh, we need to just initially vaccinate our, our, our population and we need to send all that, all their, all the extra v- vaccinations to yeah. other countries. Uh, like, I don't think that's even a question. Yeah. Yeah. Start, yeah. You know, start at Mexico and head South people. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. keep a stockpile just in case, but well, sure. Um, but like, we don't need to be buying up more. Like he just bought up like a bunch more, which is one part of this. that I'm not really into, but um, yeah. So oh, to answer your question. Yeah. To answer your question. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I don't think that we should be. Uh, hoarding vaccinations you know like just in case or something like that we need to send them everywhere yeah. so everybody can get vaccinated because if if there's like a country that isn't vaccinated then there's going to be another yep. variant that comes out of there you know right exactly yep. that's what we've already seen it's a terrible idea we we absolutely need to yeah well, you know, if everybody gets vaccinated and all the teachers get vaccinated and the students are vaccinated and everybody's back in school, some of the folks can come off unemployment, that, you know, that are that are homeschooling their kids. You know, there it, yeah. it is. It's like a whole um, there's like a you know, it's like on the highway when there's one accident and then there's all these log jams that just sort of happen because everybody's rubbernecking. It sort of feels like that right now. It's like until people go back, they can't go back. <laughs> you know, until people are back at work, then you know all the yeah. logistical things aren't happening. And and yeah, it's almost like he just he freed up the you know the ice jam or whatever it is in the river. So yeah, I I, but, I agree. And uh, didn't that employment just end? It did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Last yeah. last week, right? Right. I think last right week. on Labor Day. Uh, Labor Day. It it ended on oh, Labor how? Day. And yeah, oh I know. Oh yeah. God. But uh nine million people about nine? Uh I believe nine million people are, are getting uh thrown off unemployment right now. We are at uh the numbers for unemployment um were uh pretty good, like as uh we heard recently. Um there the numbers are down, uh, but that my those are new applications that's that's not like taking into account people that have been depending on this for so so long um and and millions of people are indeed stuck in that situation where like they've got kids and they can't send the kids off to school for whatever reason maybe they're worried about the kids you know maybe they have a specific immediate concern like oh Little Charlie is immunocompromised or something like that, like any number right. of reasons. Or, you know, like I also live at home with mom and, and mom is immunocompromised. So I send Charlie off to school. He gets COVID, brings it home. Mom dies. You know, right. we're um, done. Yep. yeah, all of those reasons are excellent reasons. And it's, um, again, one of the reasons why I think the 3.5 million or billion, sorry, trillion uh, uh, big stimulus package that's going to you know, has to go through reconciliation is a really great idea is it's going to have national childcare. So millions of people will be able to, you know, make a, the decision that works best for them in terms of staying at home with their kids or going off to work. Um, and do you think, I think it's a great idea. Do you think, 
Do you think Pelosi's going to be able to pull it off? By the way, she was just at Smith Wednesday yesterday. Was it oh, yesterday? Really? I missed that. Wednesday, Wednesday of the week, probably was at the ninth, the eighth or ninth. Supposedly, she she was there. I was trying to get tickets, but I could get tickets. To, oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Her. Yeah, but she was speaking at Smith, from what I understand. Uh, I think she came. I don't think it was Zoom. I think she actually physically was here. So, uh, uh, well, I mean, there's probably. Uh, a, a lot of subtle factors that I don't know, but broadly speaking, um, uh, it, it, it depends in part on how committed uh, the quote unquote moderates, people like Joe Manchin are to like stymieing the progressives. If if it's more important to them to stymie the progressives than to get the stuff that, that they say they want, then, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, but I think Manchin is a showstopper, but. Well, I, I, the the thing I think is the is the real logjam is uh you know the filibuster still, and this law that's passed in Texas SB eight saying yeah you can sue people who help women get abortions, uh that that could well be the thing that blows it up. I I, I actually haven't checked today, but like last time I checked Twitter. You know, I was looking to see any statements from Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema about what they want to do about Texas SB8 and blowing up the filibuster, because all the things that Congress could do to deal with this, like passing a law codifying, you know, a, a, like a federal statute codifying how the abortion rights work in this country, uh, a statute uh, expanding this membership of the Supreme Court so we could add four more justices to uh, uh, ameliorate the court packing Mitch McConnell managed, you know, all these other things that would be helpful uh, won't happen unless and until the filibuster is destroyed. And so how much do Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema care about the filibuster? And last week I was fulminating about them because, you know, I, I you know, I really wonder if they have any real conscience and really actually do care about this stuff. Um, but I don't know. Uh, they, they uh, Last I saw, they still hadn't made a statement. So we'll see. I'm not yeah. finding anything right now uh, as we're recording. Uh, and like like we said at the top, we are recording a day early uh, as we did uh, over the last year. So if there's, a, if there's something that happens before Friday night, then we don't know because we're speaking to you from the past. But uh <laughs> As far oh, as I can tape. say, I, <laughs> yeah. as far as I can tell, like Mansion is still like hemming and hawing, but there's no like actual mm. um, announcement. Uh, he might, I mean, maybe maybe they'll wait wait till tomorrow and take it out with the trash. Uh, so who who knows? Um, oh, we are. Yeah, I was about like, to say we yeah. are right up to the uh, uh, the halfway point of the show here, so we're gonna play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. Uh, uh, you know, keep the FCC happy. And then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. So please don't go away because we'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. 
You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at ValleyFreeRadio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back here on Valley Free Radio with Civil Politics, uh, Valley Free Radio is WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. And I'm Michael Dow. I'm still talking with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. And uh, during the break, we were all sort of uh, 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 expressing approval of uh, Merrick Garland's performance in launching a federal suit from the federal government directly at the state of Texas over Texas's state bill eight. at least I think we're, we're we're all like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Uh, Terrible. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't, I can't think of anything dumb to say. Yes. That is that. <laughs> thank, thank God someone's doing something like they need to. They need it to took them a few days. That in. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing like a lot of the, a lot of times like with the, like with the vaccine plan uh, and like the COVID plan from Biden and this, they take a while because government takes a while and they have to make sure that it, it uh, stands up like to, it'll stand up to, to muster Like it, you, you won't, it won't be like sued into the ground. Ducks are so, all lined up for. Yeah, exactly. And and taking a mo- taking a few days. I mean, this is this is a week after the Supreme Court sort of said, "Yeah, it's cool." Yeah. Um. So s- seven days later, uh, the the Justice Department has had a chance to uh, uh, write a brief and review it and think about the different options and how what what cases they want to argue and then go forward. Um. And of course, the, the Justice Department uh, can do something that you know, uh, clinics or providers or uh, citizens or 
various other interested parties uh, in Texas and around the country can't do, which is they're the federal government. If they want to sue the state of Texas, they can just do that. You know, like like they, they are they are they are a governmental entity. They can do that in a way that a private citizen can't. Yeah. Yeah. So they filed it in the Western District of Texas today and it'll go through the fifth the fifth district, which I think, Mike, you were saying is conservative court. So it had well, to, has to stand up the, to the light of day. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in the, you know, in the federal appeals uh, courts, uh, if you remember, there was a federal uh, a federal district court in Texas that was going to hold a hearing on whether or not SB8 was constitutional, and the Fifth Circuit uh, ordered them to stop and said, "You can't hold this hearing uh, because there's, you know, you it's beyond your scope," and that's what got appealed up to the Supreme Court, where they said, "But, but surely a court has to hear this." And the Supreme Court said, well, geez, this is this is novel and different because instead of it being the government's doing something, it's going to ha- let private citizens handle this, you know, like the Wild West and sue each other. And it'll be it's different. So um, uh, since we can't figure hunters. it out. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Bounty hunters. Yeah, exactly. And, and so you well, mentioned. I, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I listened to Merrick Garland's remarks today. I happened to be home. Thank God. It was very interesting, very understated. But one of his points, and we'll talk about all the other points, but um, which I, I think I mentioned to you guys, but I may not have, is that his argument was that the way it's done, it's a scheme. It's a it's a basically a legal scheme. And he called it that, a scheme. He yeah. said it prevents judicial review for the very people that would require it. So any woman that was grieved by this, there's no judicial review because of the way it's constructed. And I, you know, I think that's sort of one of the things that should cause most people the most distress is that it's basically, they figured out a way to have it not be subject to the review. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To. Deliberately so. Yeah. And, and again, remember uh, the law, uh, unless I've completely misunderstood, the law does not per- permit uh, uh uh, anyone to sue someone getting an abortion, the person getting an abortion directly. It's to sue the person providing it and anybody who assisted. So yep. it's not directly infri- it's not directly attacking the rights of the pregnant person. It's attacking all the other people around them. And you know, so like my right to, to provide a, you know help and assistance and give a friend a few bucks and give give a friend a ride to the clinic. Like like those aren't specifically enumerated rights in the Constitution, but they are obviously and clearly things I should have a legal right to do. Like there's nothing illegal about yeah. any of that. So why, you know, why is it uh, not OK? And so and it has, of course, this chilling effect of suddenly, you know, if, you know, a pregnant person is isolated from their support network and family and nobody can help them or nobody will help them, then all of a sudden they're stuck you know, unable to to res- deal with the situation with their own health the way they want to. So, so let's uh, let's just um, go over the like the basic of the law again. Uh, the the law is that you um, nobody can provide an abortion to to someone that is over six weeks pregnant. Basically, like in Texas, yeah, in Texas, if the the I think it's according to fetal heartbeat, if I'm not mistaken. So the the whole bounty thing. Actually- Huh? Just an electrical signal. It's oh, not Jesus. a heartbeat. I think st- we talked about it last week, yeah. and it's really just an, the beginnings wow. of an electrical signal. And at six so, weeks, it's not even a fetus. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, and you know, we, 
last week, just to clarify too, mm-hmm. um, we talked about the size of this at six weeks. Yeah. And it's, I got the official word. It's the size of an M&M. <laughs> okay. <Christ. laughs> Which oh, everybody okay. can relate to. <laughs> Regular or peanut? Uh, regular. <laughs> oh wow! No, I want M and M's. No, the I mean the the big thing is that it's um like the the bounty thing is is because they're acting like uh, if you give someone a ride or if you help someone get an abortion, then the, then you are an accomplice and you are you are legally liable and in that for like someone to to whatever. So it's not that the abortion's illegal. Is that providing the abortions illegal? And that's and it's honestly, I and I try to, I, I I'm kind of odd in the way that if something is so diabolical, it I have to give it some respect. Like that's that's smart thinking. Yep. You know, like yep. they were very smart. Do you you wormed your way around the system and hurt a lot of people? Just like uh like like Cheney or. Um, uh, the Coke Mitch brothers, McConnell. Mitch McConnell, like Constitution doesn't, yeah. doesn't require us to hold a vote the, on President Obama's appointment to the Supreme Court, so we're just not gonna. Yeah, it, it, you know what? Hey, you did it. <laughs> you, you you found you did a loophole it. and you went right through it. Good yep. job, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Guess but, we gotta patch it. Gotta patch <sighs> up that loophole. Yeah, it a lot of these a lot of this stuff is just people finding ways to say no, I don't have to do this it, like in the like flying in the face of just accepted ways of doing things, but they're like nope, it's not written down, so it doesn't matter and like oh crap, we didn't write it down because we thought we thought people weren't monsters. Oh man. <laughs> we it, forgot it, it people is- were monsters. <laughs> Even idiots are ingenious. I mean, that is the, you know, look at the criminals in the world and the things they come up with. It's amazing sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm being pedantic. Never mind. Uh, So yeah, the um, Texas sucks. uh, And uh, I don't, I don't like them. Um, Well, you know, not the the people there are fine, uh, but the people that make this, and North Dakota has the apparently Republicans that have taken over Texas. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they, they passed that voting law, but also North Dakota, since Texas passed this and it, and the Supreme court was like, meh, North Dakota is now looking into doing that as well. And apparently they have uh, a fetal, uh, not uh, like a, a, a non uh, born person advocate like someone hmm. that advocates for the for the unborn, and oh, they're like, like a guardian as a, ad litem for I the guess. for a child in the in the oh boy. I was watching uh, Samantha B and he and she was talking about that. Oh my god, it's a guy, obviously. Um, but they're looking into having, uh, if not as stringent, more stringent than Texas. Like this is going to be a thing now. If 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 it's not nipped in the bud. I think Merrick Garland's trying to nip it in the bud. He's which uh, he's so. better. He <laughs> gosh darn well better. I'm I'm censoring myself right now. So he Sue, better. There, there were things you uh, were impressed by about this, and you also mentioned uh, uh, like a, a legal precedent going back to 
uh, Boston or something like that. Uh, so yeah, share, your, I, share your knowledge, old one. <laughs> yeah, I am old. So um, I actually remember this case because I lived in the area when it happened. But Grindle's Den was a place that had food and they were trying to get a bar license in Cambridge downtown, you know, right in the middle of everything. And it happened to be right next to a church. And it took, them, I think, five or seven years to get a, a liquor license. And it wasn't because anybody was concerned about it. But Massachusetts at the time had a law that said any church sort of adjacent or near a place that was trying to get a liquor license was given veto power. So the church could actually veto the ability of a local establishment to get a liquor license because they were too close to the church. And it made its way to the Supreme Court. And, you know, it was Boston. Boston's very parochial and, you know, defers to the Catholic Church in all kinds of ways we won't talk about tonight. Um, But it made its way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, no, you know, the city of Cambridge or the state cannot give a decision over something that is in the purview of the government to an entity, to a private entity, never mind a church entity, which would have its own predilections and prejudices that the government has to make the decision. It can't be deferred to a, to a, to a church. And so it changed the law, but it went up to the Supreme court. The person that raised this argument about this Texas law um, was uh, Larry tribe, Lawrence tribe. You guys probably know him. Famous defense attorney. Yeah. -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. At, at Harvard. And he was, he was basically saying, just use this to turn overturn, you know, the Texas case. Cause you could say that the, the, you know, the state of Texas cannot use um, private entities to make to make these calls and to enforce the law and do all that. So I thought that was a pretty good argument. But I liked uh, Merrick Garland's argument better today. I think it's on it's on better ground. And the and one of the things that uh, messed with the Supreme Court this past week when they made the decision was the issue of standing, not standing of bounty hunters to go in, you know, or of plaintiffs. But right. it was the standing Texas of who brought under the court. Its, course, Texas I mean, under its plenipotentiary power to handle its own affairs within its own borders can create a law giving people standing to sue like that. Like it's it's kind of sucks, but that is something that's uh, that if Texas says they want to do that, that is constitutional under the U.S. Constitution. So that's just how it works. So separation. Right. And that's not the standing I'm talking about. It's actually the standing of the folks who brought the case hadn't been harmed yet. Oh, right. That's, of course. Right. Yeah. 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 You haven't yeah. been prevented from getting was, in a su- sued yet. So whatever. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what the Supreme Court did, which was technically correct. And in some ways, I'm shocked that um, Roberts went along with the uh, minority because, I mean, they they have to be careful about taking cases where there's no standing. But now Merrick Garland has solved that because the um, uh the Justice Department definitely has standing, and he went through all the reasons why they do, well, and so he's brought the case. So that's great. That's that's. Yeah, hopefully you know, yeah. they'll uh, one, one decide thing about, the law until they can actually figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. one thing about Justice Roberts actually is he didn't actually uh, uh, vote with the uh, three you know lefties to uh, actually hear the case. What the Supreme Court's ruling uh, motion was about was. Um, uh, uh, ruling on a motion to uh, stay the law pending judicial review. And uh, the five uh, uh, conservative activists on the court were like, nah, it's fine. It, you know, it's all complicated. Who knows? Let, let it go into effect. 
And Justice Roberts and the other three were like, uh, let's, this is a big Can deal. Can we talk about this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Maybe put this on hold before we let it go. But if, yeah, yeah. if there's you not going to be any judicial review because there's no standing, then you can't quite make, that's why I'm saying Roberts usually is a little closer to words than that. I, I think he went out on a limb to go with the, with the minority because he could have said, I totally disagree with the Texas law. I think there's lots of ways to sue, and this is abhorrent. But the fact is the people that brought this case don't have standing, so there's no judicial review of this case. So I think that's – I'm just – I don't – you know, I'm sort of speculating based on the stuff that I've seen in the paper, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised Roberts did that, even though I think his, his strong belief in the legacy of the Supreme Court is important, really important to him. So. Yeah. Well, you know. and 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 kudos to the to the Department of Justice. The, the, I think the standing argument ultimately uh, uh, comes down to uh, one of the things that the, uh, Merrick Garland and his crew pointed to, which is like, you know, Fourteenth Amendment yep. requires equal protection under the law, and the you know the U.S. Constitution, you know, like like the federal courts have recognized a right to for a person to get an abortion if they want. Uh, and that is a federal right. And the supremacy clause is very clear that federal law trumps state law. So Texas can't make a law to, to screw around with a, a right guaranteed by the federal by federal law. You know, they can't say, well, that doesn't count in Texas. That's just not how the supremacy clause works. So. Yeah. So there's certainly a right to judicial review. So hopefully it will it will make it to the next, you know, make it through Texas. Texas courts properly. So, but I think, I think he took a, um, I think he could have taken a lot of other things to task with it, but I think he picked the one that's probably the most solid. Although I heard um, talking heads uh, today saying they're not sure. They're not sure that it will, um, that it'll make it. Also also note, uh, it could well be that Merrick Garland, you know, that the people at the Justice Department weren't like, oh, this, you know, Lawrence Tribe's idea is stupid. That would have been like, oh, that's that's not a bad argument. You know what? We'll focus on this stuff that has to do with our authority and, and interests as the federal government. And, yep. you know, not Lawrence Tribe, abortion. And Lawrence Tribe will file an amicus curiae brief <laughs> in this case and we'll say, hey, and you should accept this, too. And he being the expert on this stuff, will lay out that argument, <laughs> yeah. you know, the way About he will. Yeah. Right, exactly. So he'll make that whole argument for us. So, like, let's not spend our resources on this when we know he will do that. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, and there'll be amicus or briefs filed on uh, on all sides and not all of them will be accepted, but someone of his uh, reputation and uh, uh, especially with uh, I, I imagine like I'm, I'm assuming, but with the the government says like oh yeah no we think that's a good amicus brief you should accept it it'll probably wind up getting into the into the brief into the the thing and you know sometimes the Supreme Court will say no the government's argument is wrong but this amicus brief is spot on so hey we're going with that you know and, you know more yeah, this will be this will be fun to fun to watch if it weren't so well you yes. asked me last week what i was going to do in particular and um not yeah. that i'm going to do anything in particular but i have i have noticed that a lot of organizations are helping women um go out of state that's basically their approach at the moment because a yeah. lot of the clinics are um you know as i said they're they're doing they're they're sticking within the law but the caseload is way down 
You know what they should do? You know what they should do? They should take take a a page from the New Hampshire book of business. Yeah. And just put some abortion clinics right on the line. Just right on the state line. Yep. Just have like line in New Hampshire. Yep. Yep. Like the liquor stores and the the fireworks stores in New Hampshire. Like just right there. And then like the the state can't do anything. I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh, but like, all right. So you got liquor stores, fireworks, and abortions. They're all right there. You know what? Hey, make a complex. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a great combination. Center. Horrible <laughs> yeah. people. I understand this. This is I accept that about idea. myself. It, we're we're gonna get letters for sure. <laughs> Actual well, letters. Well, actually, like people know, are gonna put pen emails, to paper, <laughs> epistles, like a stamp. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, I I just and the, the big thing about about this is. Um, the option is always to yes go out of state. Texas is bigger than some countries. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's huge. Yep. It like you're in Houston, the state line is like 15 hours away. You're not going to be able to do it. Like especially if you needed like have to, need go to, to take a bus or direction. something. And when, like, yep. a lot of a lot of uh, abortion places like you like uh, clinics. Um, you need to go like twice sometimes. You can't just go in there and that's it. You have to have an appointment and then go back. Like what? Yep. Yeah. Because Texas has various waiting time restru- requirements and things. Yeah. When my mother was a little girl, uh, just after World War II, my grandfather had been assigned to the Corpus Christi Naval Air Station during the war. And so mom had been living there for a while and she hated Corpus Christi, Texas, because it was hot and humid and there was no air conditioning in the 1940s. And um, so she was very excited when they packed up the car and they were moving uh, up to Illinois to like, you know, for the new post-war job granddaddy had gotten. And mom was so crushed when after driving all day, they were still in Texas. She's like, we haven't even gotten out of Texas yet. Oh God, when will it end? (laughs) Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so <sighs> well this it's, country's it's, exhausting it is but you know yeah. and we're americans the, can you imagine how other people feel no i cannot com, com, compared to trump years i just you know we we did the show before trump and then we did it all during trump mm-hmm. and now we're doing it during the biden administration but doesn't it feel like at least there's not just drama without any resolution, whereas it feels like there's actually things are bad and then something happens and then some things are good and then something happens. Don't you feel like there's at least a little bit of um, forward Breathing motion? Room. <laughs> Breathing room. Yeah, because I always motion, felt like yeah. we were just in a you know crazy town during the Trump years. It was always something. You know, It was different every week. It was some wild yeah. thing that happened. Whereas, it's, it's well, maybe nice. it's the pandemic too that has sort of put the context to all of this well that's what most people are fighting about now so i mean that's like a thing but like yeah i i'm really yes it is really great that we don't have the fire hose of horrible like spouting off every like we can we on the show can talk about things that happened days ago yeah we can revisit topics (laughs) we have that ability 
<laughs> so um oh i uh, just i want to i want to bring up uh, a few um little tidbits if i can um great the robert e lee statue in uh i believe virginia richmond i think um they the it is like like fifty thousand feet tall they cut it up and they 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 took it down it's down now it's gone yay (laughs) that is still with graffiti on it is left i guess that's right Uh, i saw someone (laughs) tweeting like 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 they they you know like the news story like they they cut off the head and other parts and then like they're gonna put it in storage and she was like counter argument we explode the statue (laughs) (laughs) uh the other thing is that um we this is this this show is going to air on on the 10th of september so the so saturday is september 11th it is the 20th anniversary of september 11th so it's going to be a whole thing uh guess what our former president is going to be doing on 9-11 i have no idea mike do you have a do you have a guess I guess that's his guess. <laughs> Mike? Did we lose Mike? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we lost Mike. <laughs> the new oh, world man, is new. Man. I guess, I guess uh, well, that's okay. So <laughs> don't, don't keep our audience waiting. What What's happening? What's, what's the, what's the, Trump he is going shot. to provide commentary for the Holyfield Belfort boxing match. On 9-11. Oh, for W, uh, the boxing. Oh, boy. For boxing. Excellent. Excellent oh. stuff happening. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we we had some technical difficulties. I don't know when Mike got uh, got cut off, but um, thank you, everybody. I thought he was quiet. Yeah, he was way too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how is... Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we are going to be doing these uh, over Zoom for a little while longer, uh, just in case, just to see like when the Delta variant and everything it gets shaken out. Maybe after Biden's whole thing, uh, it'll get better quicker, and we'll be better back. Anyway, thank you, Sue, for for being on. <laughs> Always you. appreciate you. Hopefully Mike's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's probably I probably just got a text from him. Let's yeah, I'll check later. <laughs> anyway, uh up next we have OK Asia and I believe DJ is DJ Five still on? Like Mike usually does this. Jesus. Um yeah. but <laughs> so directly after now we have subculture with Wendy and then we go into table of contents at 10 o'clock. Thank you so much. Remember to go to simplepoliticsradio.com to check out the previous episodes and to subscribe to the podcast. We will be having a repeat of this show on uh, Monday at 4 p.m. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.